Welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Coons. This was preached on October 17th of 2021, and this sermon is entitled, Bookends. Of course, we invite you to visit us. We are located at 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri, just outside of Clay Como. Sunday school starts at 9.30, and services begin at 11 every Sunday. And now, here's our pastor, Philip Coons, with Bookends. Let's all please stand and honor the reading of God's Word as we turn to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. And if you can't stand, as I say always, if you have an, uh, a situation where you cannot stand, I'm okay with that. I, I'm not going to call you out for that, except for you and you and you. No, I'm kidding. But Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8 reads this way. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. For the carnal mind is hostile toward God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. God and bless, God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. You may be seated. If you haven't noticed, I have a problem. I have a problem pronouncing certain things. I just always have. I get confused with certain words. It's just something I have a problem with. I have a learning disability. I did when I was a child, and so therefore with my learning disability, I was put in a special class for it. Now, when I was young, they didn't have what some of these kids have nowadays where they tell you different problems that you have. I think it's for the better and sometimes for the worse. Uh, but, and I won't get into all that except to say this, that I didn't have it all spelled out for me. And so I had problems as a kid, learning disabilities and all that stuff. And uh, whenever I would hear certain words, I would combine them together because I, I had a hard time with it. I had a hard time with certain words. I'd hear these words in my mind would just whoosh, mess them all together. It was just the way it was. I had a hard time with that. Now, when I was about two or three, maybe four, but I think I was about two or so, maybe three, I heard my ma and my dad, my mom, you know, I call her ma, and my dad, who I call Old Bean, but back then I didn't call him that. I don't think he would have bided it. But when I was real little, uh, I heard my mom and my dad, uh, and uh, my mother, I'm going to just tell you something. She made the best caramel corn. If you can't tell by looking at me, she made the best of a lot of things. It's one of the problems I have in life. Thank you, Ma. Uh, <laughs> but she made the best caramel corn in the whole wide world. And about the same time that she's making caramel corn, that, the fall of that area, uh, she also, uh, her and dad was talking about the uh, kernels of the corn, the kernels, you know, the kernels of the corn. And in case you didn't know this about my father, uh, you know, Robert Frederick Coons, he had an extremely heavy Arkansasian accent, a very heavy Arkansasian accent. And uh, God bless his memory, but I'm going to tell you something. It was hard to know what he was saying some of the time because I have accent myself. Uh, why do you think I have that? Um, he had a very heavy accent. So when he would say, uh, Colonel, he'd say, Colonel. 
And that's just how he talked. He said, Colonel. So when the, the problem with that is about that same time, now he was a pastor. So at that same time when he was talking about the kernel of the corn, he was also uh, preaching at the church about being carnal. Now, I had a real problem with this because here she's talking about caramel corn and the kernel of the corn, and he's talking about being carnal. So all these things start meshing together for a little boy who's learning all these words. And so we have this whole situation now with the caramel corn and the kernel of the corn and being carnal. And all this is going on at the same time. My little brain, my little pea brain is having a hard time talking about caramel corn and the kernel of the corn and being carnal. And I didn't know what the definition of all these things were, but it all sounded like the same thing to me. So for years of my life, when I hear about caramel corn, I think you're being carnal by eating caramel corn. And be careful about when you get the carnal or the corn stuck in the teeth with the caramel of the corn and the caramel corn and the kernel of the corn with your carnal. I had a hard time with this. Was it sinful to eat caramel corn and you get a kernel stuck in their teeth? I don't know what's going on now. So this happened through most of my life. But I now know the definition. So that's why I finally, after all these years, over 40 years, I finally get to address all of this. I get to put it all together. And the title of the sermon is Carnal Corn. Don't worry. I'm not getting on to my mom nor the memory of my dad. It means something completely different. But let's talk about what it means to be carnal. Let's talk about what it means to be carnal. To be carnal is a sinful nature. That's what the word carnal means, a sinful nature, to have, to have a carnal mind. Enmity against God. This means to be worldly. I realize that's different nowadays because so many people are worldly. A lot of Christians even are worldly. And so when we are worldly, what does that even mean? People don't even know the definition thereof. They don't know when so many people are. It says in 1 Corinthians 3.3, and write that down. 1 Corinthians 3.3, if you are still worldly, and in the King James Version, it says carnal. If you are still carnal or worldly, since there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are not worldly or carnal and behaving as mere men. It says, for you are still worldly or carnal. Since there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are not worldly or carnal and behaving as mere men. We're not to be that way. We're not to be worldly or carnal. We're not to be that way. For in the world's view, we as Christians, we are corny. That's how we're seen as in the world. So don't worry, I'm bringing it all together. I'll bring it all together. We Christians, in the viewpoint of the world, we're corny. We're corny people. What does it mean to be corny? Well, the definition of the word corny, I'm of course not talking about the vegetable, but the word corny means to be old-fashioned, uncool, trite, unrealistic even, out of date, out of touch with quote unquote reality, the way they see things. We're old fashioned and uncool, but hey, I'm, I'm really okay with that and I'll tell you why. The fact is we're following God and his way, or at least we're supposed to be following God in his way. How can you get more old fashioned than following the creator? How can you get more old fashioned than following the creator, which is the Lord God? And so yes, we're corny compared to the world. We're corny. We're old-fashioned, and that's good. It's the way it's supposed to be. If the world doesn't see you as corny, you've got a problem. If the world doesn't see you as corny, you've got a problem. Quite frankly, if they see you as cool through the eyes of the world, you've got a real problem. You really do. Uh, we, in the eyes of the world, we are old-fashioned. We are to be in this world, but we're not to be of the world. You hear me? 
We're to be in the world. We're not to be of the world. Look, I tried so hard for so long to have friends in this world, and I still love them, and they know I'm a nice guy. They know that I'm friendly, but I'm not their best pal, and it's not because I don't try to be friendly to them. I'll be friendly with my arms open wide all the time, but I'm not going to be their best pal. They see me as a, a cornball. I'm that way. I'm going to be that way. If you're a, a, a parent or an uncle or an aunt or whatever, and you're trying to be friendly to your kids, that's okay to be friendly, but you're not to be their best friend. And you know why you're not to be their best friend and to be their best pal? That doesn't mean you can't be friends with them, by the way. It doesn't mean you can't be friendly to them. It doesn't mean that at all. It doesn't mean that they can't be close to you. But they're to become close to you. You're not to try to be best pals with them. And you know why? Because if you're trying to be best pals with them, that means you're breaking all the rules and you're not doing your position right. That's the way it is for the lost whenever the people of God are trying to break the way a Christian is supposed to be. You're breaking, you're breaking your corny way. If they see you as being, oh, see, you're a cool Christian because you're not trying to be like God. That's not good. It's okay to be corny. It's really okay. It says this in 1 Corinthians 2.14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Folks, they don't have the Spirit of God. I'll continue to read. It says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, meaning the things of the Spirit of God, are foolish to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Meaning the things of the Spirit of God are discerned spiritually. So they cannot understand the things of God, because they don't have the Spirit of God. They don't get it. They don't get them. They don't understand them. So it's all uncool to them. Of course, I realize I'm using lingo that's pretty uncool itself. But that being said, of course you're corny. Of course you are. And if you're not corny, you've got a problem. You've got a real problem. We are to be spiritual corn. We're to be the kernel. Well, what is the kernel when it comes to corn? The kernel is the fruit of the corn. This is how it is. The kernel is the fruit of the corn. The Bible talks about this. It really does. It says that we're to be the fruit of the corn. We are to be the spiritual kernel. That's what we're to be, the spiritual kernel. Now, I will tell you this. In the Bible, in the King James Version, a lot of times when it talks about the wheat and all that, it's not talking about wheat. It's actually talking about the corn. But it's hard to understand that sometimes when you read the King James. By the way, I'm not putting down the King James, if that's what you read. I'm not putting that down. It's just that I didn't understand it either when it's talking about the wheat growing up. It's actually talking a lot of times about corn. That's what it's talking about. And the fact is, is you are to be corn. And I brought some corn in case you didn't know what corn was. I figured there might be some people who don't know what corn is. So I was corny enough to bring some corn for you all to see. And I must tell you, having this corn here with me has been making me hungry for it. It really has. Oh, yeah, I can smell that corn. Let me tell you, I really would like to eat this corn. And I might later, Ma. But let me tell you, <laughs> this corn is what we're to be. We're to be corny, folks. You're to be spiritual corn. And you know, looking at these things, they all look nice and juicy and big and plump. And I like it. I like that corn. You're to be spiritual corn, folks. It's what you're to be. You're to be spiritual corn. The world needs to look at you and see this corn. But that's not what the world wants to see, folks. They don't want to see this spiritual corn. They're the carnal-minded, the sinful-minded, the worldly-minded. They don't want to see that. The carnal-minded doesn't want to be reminded and has nothing to do with you, by the way. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the Lord. 
They don't want you because they don't want to be reminded of what they ought to be. You know, wouldn't it be nice if it was because how great we are, but we're not great. We're not. If it weren't for God, we would have nothing. Nothing. The carnal mind wants to ruin your spiritual corn. It wants to ruin the kernels. It wants to ruin it. And so they want to rot out, dry out the kernels. It wants to mush it down. It wants to mush out your corn. Now, what does that make sense? Yeah, it does. You know why? Because it wants to make you into something completely different. It wants to make you into, first of all, if it was crows, which the people of the world sometimes are, Satan and his little idiots, want to sometimes come out like crows and pick up the corns. Why well, I wore my scarecrow uh, little tie today, you know. We're to be like Christians, we're to let the angels be like scarecrows and scare away the crows, you know, because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to, to come in and, and destroy your spiritual corn. But the devil and the people of the world, the carnal-minded, they also want to destroy you and mush you up and make you like a can of cream corn. Now, here's the thing about cream corn. I personally like cream corn when it, the way that it tastes and all that jazz. But once you cream the corn and you make it all mushy, good luck making it back into corn. Good, plump, juicy corn that can be used. Spiritually speaking, if you get mushed, Good luck getting back to the big, fat, juicy corn that could be used of God. Good luck with that. It's very difficult. And then there's another thing. A lot of times, Satan wants to use the people who are carnally minded to can you. Wants to can you. They want to can you so they can control you. That's what the devil likes to do. They want to can you, control you, so that you can't be used the way God wants to, to use you when you're a big, wonderful ear of corn. We need to be a big, wonderful ear of corn to listen to what God would have us to hear and do and grow wonderful and juicy and big and wonderful for God to use us. But that's not what they would have us to do. And another thing of corn, a lot of times there are people in this world that consider themselves to be used of God, consider themselves to be Christians. They consider themselves to be Christians of God, but they're not. They call themselves Christians. They say they're a Christian. They'll try to use you and confuse you, but they're like candy corn. They'll say that they're sweet and wonderful, but they're not. They're not corn at all. They're corn in name only. And I say this to you to say that people will come, act sweet, but they'll do nothing but rot your teeth. And I say that because Satan, well, a lot of times, Send people in the name of Jesus only to confuse you, ruin you, and completely throw you off of Christ. And these are the carnal-minded people. They'll do that to you. They'll destroy your growth in the Lord, taking you out of the field, taking you out of the field of God, taking you out of what God wants you to do. He wants you to be, I'm talking about Satan now, wants you to be out of the field where you can do good for God. Once you be out of the field where God can use you. Once you be out of the field where God can use you to reach people. Satan doesn't want you to be out there being used to help others. Satan doesn't want you to be used. And so the carnal-minded want to confuse you. It says in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Like I said a while ago, we're to be in this world, but we're not to be of the world. But pastor, we're still human. I know we're human. I know we're human. 
I may not be the smartest individual, but I happen to know, I happen to know that we're human. That doesn't mean we need to give in to all the lust and things. This is what it says in Ephesians 5.3, as I now quote my main man, Paul. He says in Ephesians 5.3, And do not let sexual immorality or any impurity or greed be named among you, as these are not proper among saints. Let's not become that canned corn. Let's not become cream corn. And by golly, don't you listen to that candy corn. No, 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 no. Toothache supreme. You don't want that. It says in Galatians 5, 19 and 21, and I use this a lot because it's very good. And there's others that I could go with this, but I won't. I'll just read Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are revealed, which are these, adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. And I warn you, as I previously warned you, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This doesn't mean if you mess up, you're not going to heaven. It means that people that do these things are not behaving like a Christian, are not behaving like God's. If you are acting like those of the world, we're not representing Jesus as we should. Let's not behave like candy corn. Behave like a great stock growing wide out in the field, reaching others as we should be reached, as they should be reached, excuse me. The sexual view of impurity should not be seen in our lives. Oh, pastor, I've had mistakes. I know we have mistakes in that area at times. That doesn't mean that we should stay that way. Don't let the world take us over there to be canned. I know violence is out there. I know we've allowed ourselves to see that stuff, but that doesn't mean we have to stay out there. Language sometimes takes the cake sometimes. That doesn't mean we stay out there. I know that. Maybe not cake or cornbread. That doesn't mean we're to stay out there. Attitudes. I know. I know attitudes are horrible, causing constant offense. And people sometimes find joy in it. The people of the world do that. But we as Christians are not to do that. We're not to find joy in the ways of the world. And when we get away from the Lord, we do. But we're not to be that way. And it's this time of year, as I mentioned earlier on Sunday school, it's in this time of year that there's demonic glee in the world. By the way, I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to go out there and enjoy yourself with the kids, to go get candy, candy corn even, whatever, as long as you're not doing it spiritually. And find the demonic glee that Satan so badly wants to do with haunting hearts, the souls and the minds and satanic blindness to blind you with so many things that are demonic. And there's so many demonic things that are out there keeping their minds off of Christ and keeping on things that they shouldn't be on. This is where the carnal-minded go and they want to do the same to the Christians. Confuse them on what their minds ought to be on. We've got to be careful. As I've said a billion times, garbage in, garbage out. It's the way it is. It's the way it is. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. This means, Christians, corn. I bet it's the only time you could ever say, My pastor called me corn. I sure did. I called you corn. Corn, do not go near the carnal-minded. Don't do it. Don't do that. 
It says in James 4, 7, Therefore submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will. He will flee from you. He must. Oh, I know. I know he's tempting you. Well, don't go near him. Don't go near him. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When you're on a diet, you don't go camping around in the candy aisle. That's just stupid. If you're... I don't know. There's so many other things I can say with that, but you just don't do it. If you're trying to do one thing, you don't go to the opposite. I know many, many Christians. I've talked to them before. I don't want to go into all of it except to say this. That I've known Christians who say, I'm trying to grow in the Lord. Then you stay away from pornography. If you're trying to grow in the Lord, you stay away from the things that are temptation not to grow in the Lord. If you're trying to grow in the Lord, you stay away from Satan. That's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to say, hey, Satan, where's your fishing pole? Come on, put the temptation in front of me. Come on now. We know we're not stupid. We know. We know. Do you know in the Bible there was a corny dream one time? There was a real corny dream one time. It was in Genesis chapter 37 when Joseph had a corny dream. He was a stalk of corn, and his 11 brothers were stalks of corn too. And his 11 brothers' corn bowed down to his stalk. Now, I realize it, it, it makes it sound like it could be wheat. It wasn't. It was corn. And fast forward. Fast forward to Genesis chapter 41. And Pharaoh had a dream. He had a dream of seven fat, fat, healthy stalks of corn. I'm not putting down corn. This is good corn. Big, fat, beautiful, healthy stalks of corn was the dream that the Pharaoh had. And also in this dream, he had a whole other dream. A whole other dream of seven disgusting, vile, skinny, withered stalks of corn. In this dream, the, the withered corn ate the healthy, fat corn. And so he had that dream and didn't know what it meant. And Joseph was able to cipher, decipher what this dream was. When he deciphered the dream, he knew what it meant. It meant there was going to be seven years of good and plenty and seven years uh, of uh, famine. And when this happened, God put him in charge of taking care of all the people of Egypt. We all know that story. But it also was a time to reunite the family of Joseph and save the people of Egypt and God's people too, of Israel. When this happened, he reunited the family of Joseph and it made the corny dream, both corny dreams come true. And when it made the corny dream come true, it happened exactly the way it was that all the brothers of Joseph bowed down to Joseph. Now, how can we relate this, we who are corny? How can we relate this to the carnal people who want to devour you and ruin you and destroy you healthy spiritual kernels who want to choke you out? Well, I can tell you how. We could rely on God and his strength to continue to let you grow and not let the carnal choke you out and destroy the growth that God wants to put into you. God wants to use the growth of the Lord Jesus in you and the Holy Spirit to reach out to them, not because of your greatness, but the greatness of God that is in you. And Satan wants to choke you out, but we're not going to allow that to happen. Why? Because we're going to rely on the Lord God and not on those of the world that we are in. Sometimes it's difficult because we live in this world. We live in this world of carnal-minded people. But folks, we've got to quit listening to the carnal-minded. I know it's difficult because whether it be on the news 
or whether it be in our jobs or whether it be out there with our families or anyone else. There's so many carnal-minded people, but we have to stop up our ears, not listen to them, and listen to God who wants your kernels to grow and not the carnal in you to grow. We can't have that. We can't. Now, how? How on earth, Pastor, are you going to bring caramel into this sermon? How are you going to do that? Well, it's quite simple. It's not caramel like candy, but it's Mount Carmel. It's spelt a little different, but Mount Carmel. Because you see, on top of Mount Carmel, on top of Mount Carmel, something happened. And it was this. There was a time. This is a different book now. We're now going to 1 Kings. We're not going to read from that, but I'm going to tell you what happened. There was a time where there's a woman by the name of Jezebel. She was a wretch. She had demonic control in her life where she had false gods of worship and witchcraft and satanic rituals and all that. And she was in control of her husband, Ahab, who had a lot of satanic rituals himself. They followed the, Satan. They followed Satan because they were carnally minded. And they tried to force others for over 20 years. They reigned over in the carnal minded and satanic stuff rule, ruled over and reigned over people. And so people in that world were allowing Satan and the carnal minded things to reign over them. This is what happened. So Obadiah was a man who hid the prophets from Jezebel. And why? Because Jezebel decided to murder, to murder the prophets. And the prophets were hidden until Elijah, until Elijah came. Elijah was a man of God. And so because of Elijah, there became a three-year drought. And so because God, God was in charge, he decided that he was going to bring an end to the carnality's reign. He decided there's going to be an end of it. So he brought Elijah and all these idiots who were in charge of praising false gods to the top of Mount Carmel. And when they went to the top of Mount Carmel, they started praising Baal and all these horrible things, and they did. They were worshiping Baal. They were giving all these things unto Baal. And they said, Baal's going to make it rain. There's going to be no more drought. They slit on their wrist and on their hands and all these things and they're worshiping Baal over and over and over again and they tried to get Baal to make it rain. They actually walked in circles for over and over again, walked in circles until there was this deep circle, a very deep circle, a canal even you could say. And when this happened, I, oh, I love how Elijah's style was. He was sarcastic. I, I don't know what it's like to be sarcastic. But I tell you what happened. When he was sarcastic, he was sitting there mocking them and mocking Bell. He goes, I don't think Bell can hear you. He said, I think you need to get louder. He goes, maybe you should cut yourself deeper. And I'm telling you, I'm being a little facetious here. But while he was doing that, they tried a little harder. They, they prayed unto Baal a little longer. They kept trying and trying until there was a deep canal there. And he says, okay, okay. So they stopped, they about fell down dead nearly, and they stopped, and finally he said, okay, everyone, get a little closer. Let's try this. So they got a little closer, and he prayed unto God. And when he prayed unto God, fire came down. Before that happened, though, he said, bring a barrel of water. 
and pour it on top of this, this calf that I'm putting on here. And then he did it again and again. Three barrels of water. And when they got done doing that, the thing was soaked. There was no way anything was going to burn it up. It was absolutely soaked. So much that water was in the canal, the circle canal there. And then he prayed unto God, and fire came down, and it burned it all up. And it burned up the water, too. I mean, it just went up like that. And then he said, he went and he prayed unto God. And he looked to his man. He said, is there any rain coming yet? He said, no, not yet. He said, do you not see the cloud? No, not yet. And he, he asked him again and again and again. Seven times he asked him. Seven times he asked him. And finally, can you can imagine what Ahab was going through? Ahab was sitting over there going, oh, nothing's happening. Finally, on the seventh time, he said, there's a little cloud coming. The little cloud's coming. And about that time, the rain came. And when the rain came, oh, the rain came tumbling down. And that rain came tumbling down. And I mean to tell you, Oh, Elijah says, oh, Ahab, you best get to kicking on your little chariot and get back to your ugly wife. Okay, he didn't say ugly wife. I'm saying that. But he got back to his to Jezebel, that worshiper of Baal. And on his way there, oh, let me just tell you, on his way to see Jezebel, I mean to tell you, Elijah got filled with the spirit of God. First of all, he slayed the rest of those people who was worshiping false gods. He got to run, and then he outran, he outran Ahab. And I'm going to tell you the power of God came over him. We'll talk more about that in a week of what happened to Jezebel. But I'm going to tell you this. His focus was on the Lord. And on top of Mount Carmel, let me tell you about the top of Mount Carmel. On the top of Mount Carmel, you can look out there and you can see, because I've been there. I've been on the top of Mount Carmel. And you can see on the top of Mount Carmel, you can see what's going to happen. A full view of Megiddo. The full view of what's going to happen when the battle of Armageddon comes. You see, right now, right now, right now we are living in a world of carnal-minded people. Right now, it's like being on top of Mount Carmel. Because if we look out, the people of the carnal-minded want to destroy you, you wonderful Christian soldiers who are like the kernel of corn, you wonderful people who are serving God, they want to destroy you. They want to cream you and put you in a can. They want to destroy you. You have people like candy corn who aren't corn at all, who want to mislead you, who want to shut you up, who want to destroy your faith. And right now, you need not to let that be. You need to stand up there with faith. I'm not talking about telling them to shut up and be cruel to them, but I'm talking about stand up bold. Stand up bold. Stand up bold like Elijah. Stand up bold like Elijah. Be brave like Joseph. Be brave like an ear of corn that's not going to let the wind wither them nor the rain stop them but to grow and allow God to use exactly what you are to reach the people around you. You may be called corny by the people around you, and that's okay, because when you're called corny, you know what that means? That means that you stand away from other people. Yes, you may be called corny by them, and your humor may be corny, and that's okay. Mine is, I'm all right with that. We may be corny to the world. That means you're different than the world. That's the way it ought to be. You should not be like the world. We are corny, and I'm glad I'm corny. I used to think my dad was corny and thank God he was and I'm corny too and I hope you're corny just like me. Not because you're to be like me, but we're to be like he, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So together, let us all say, praise the Lord, I'm corny. Let's say it together. Praise the Lord, I'm corny. And when people say, man, you're corny, you say, praise the Lord. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. I most certainly am. Hallelujah. Because we're to focus on the word. And we're to protect against the demons of carnality. And folks, demons are real. I'm going to talk about that tonight. Demons are real. And when people try to tell you, oh, that's not real, you tell them, that's because you're foolish. I don't mean to say it out loud, but it's true. They're foolish. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's not be like those of the world. Be corny. Walk around being proud of the word. Yes, you may seem corny. Who cares what they think? Except let them think, let them know that you're of the Lord. What's going to happen on Facebook when you stand up for the Lord? They may not give you likes. Oh, no. God forbid. You may not get a thumbs up. You may get a thumbs down. Oh, no. Isn't that horrible? What are you going to do? What's going to happen to your family when they know who you stand for? They may not agree with you. Oh, no. That's horrible. And I know that sounds facetious like I'm being smart aleck. But folks, I know where to be loving. I'm not talking about being a jerk. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being hateful and mean. But folks, we have to stand and stand strong. We have to. As it says in Romans 6:2, God forbid, how shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? We cannot be like the world. We can't. We're to focus on the word, protects us against the demons of carnality. You know, harvest is just about time. It's about time for harvest. How is your spiritual kernel? So we have to ask ourselves. Is your fruit, talking about the kernel, is your fruit living on? in the living word, or dying in the world's field of poison? Is your fruit being fed in the springs of living water of Jesus? Or is it dying in the drought of carnal brainwashing? Because believe me, it's out there every day, brainwashing. Is your ear open to the carnal or is your ear corn open to Christ? It says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves, seeing whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. It's important that we make sure that we are growing strong. And one last scripture I read to you today. One last scripture. Closing scripture, Romans 12, 2. I read this a lot. I read this a lot. And there's reason for it. I believe it's an important scripture because it helps us continuously in this world, this world of the carnal-minded. We're to make sure that we're not carnal corn. We're to make sure that we're not carnal corn going with the way the world would want us to go. And it says this, Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good 
and acceptable and perfect will of God. If right now you're being tempted every day by a weakness you may have, it's okay to be tempted. It really is. We get tempted. All of us do. There's not one ear corn that doesn't get tempted. Not one. That's not meaning that you're not saved. Temptation's not the sin. It's giving into the temptation. Giving into it. If you get tempted, walk away from the temptation right away. Walk away and turn to God. Because once you start going towards that temptation and staying near it, I guarantee you, you're one step closer than you were a moment ago to giving into it. Turn to the Lord and stay near him. Turn away from the carnal-minded because you're one step closer to being one of the carnal-minded. And I'm not talking about being lost, but staying near those folk. God loves you. Your brothers and sisters of Christ love you too. Be like the strong ear of corn. Don't be swallowed up by the sick, but be stronger now than you were yesterday. Be stronger tomorrow than you are today. Do that by feeding on the word, feeding in prayer, feeding on the spirit. That can be done. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, I thank you so much for my wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ who are here to feed off of your word, who are here, Lord God, to feed off the spirit. We love one another, Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. I pray for every single one of us in the weaknesses that we may have. Lord, I know that there are carnal-minded folks who want to hurt us. More importantly, Lord, it's because they, they hate you. And I guess in some ways it's a strange thing to say. It's a compliment. It's a compliment, Lord God, that they can see you in us and they, they try to hurt us because of you. So I guess, Lord God, I should thank you that you love us enough to live through us. So, but I pray right now, Lord God, because it does hurt. I pray that you will strengthen us so that when we see this, we could just walk away. Walk away from the carnal-minded, Lord God, and be strengthened by you. I pray right now, Lord God, for all of my brothers and sisters right now, those who are watching and those who are here with us, that you will strengthen them right now. Show them where they need to be strengthened. Lord Jesus Christ, show them where they need to cut off the tie to the carnal-minded so that they will not be weakened, not ever again. Lord God, if Satan has a hold of them, where there is a weed trying to choke them out, just like in the dream that Joseph had, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that today, this very day, through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, you will cut off, cut off that weed. Cut it off. Show them that weakness today. Lord God, if it be something that they are watching or doing or allowing to have happened to them, Lord, or someone in their life, today I pray, Lord God, you'll give them the strength to cut that off and walk away. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.